Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. This is the LDTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and Radio Works. It was set up to tell the story of leaders in the media industries, following their journeys and motivations. I myself launched a media agency last year, Passion, to focus on fashion, entertainment and leisure verticals. I've had loads of great advice in doing so along the way, and a lot of it, in fact, from people on this podcast, and I am still on the mission to gather the best advice. Gosh, well... I'm delighted today to be speaking with Stevie Spring. I mean, where do we really start here? A glittering career, including MD, CEO, chairman positions, as some of the biggest and best-known media brands and more in the UK. Young and Rubicon, Clear Channel, Future, Engine, and Beyond Media in Co-op, Groundwork Federation, Children in Need, a personal favourite of mine, Ladbrokes, um, British Council, ITG and Mind and many more. I can't think of anybody more embodying of doing the right thing. Also, a former chairman of Hypervision, specialising in 3D holography. So really, my initial question is, hello, Stevie, how are you and have you cloned yourself? Not yet, but uh, I did go and see the ABBA (laughs) Voyage only last week, kicking and screaming but I sort of went along because I'm I'm also an investor in layered reality and being X Clear Channel, the whole live entertainment bit is something I'm interested in. And the ABBA thing was, I thought, technically really, really good. The infrastructure of the voyage almost better than the avatars or whatever they're called. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Avatars. I'm st- stealing that one yes, already. Yes, yes, The Making avatars are pretty good. Avatar. <laughs> but it did, it did feel a little bit like watching a 3D film. Okay. So maybe I was slightly too critical. But, yeah, that's the way to do it. Would you recommend it? It's the sort of perfect hen night out. Okay. The infrastructure, and that makes me sound incredibly dull, doesn't it? But the infrastructure is astounding. To be able to build a, whatever it is, 3,000-seat perfect venue and then pack it up like a Brompton bike and take it to another venue. It's, it's touring already, is it? No, but that's, that's the reason that they've built that tailor-made venue. 
I think I'll give it a go. No, it's worth it. It's okay. worth it. Take somebody who will sing along and dance along with you. Exactly. I'll think about that. We're actually working on the Take That musical. It's called Greatest Days, and it's the same kind of thing. So it's it's uh, the ABBA, or it's a story set to Take That music. You're pushing on an open door for me because, uh, A, I love a sing-along. What's not to love about Take That? But also, Gary Barlow, I'm name-dropping now, Gary Barlow was the most fantastic support to me at Children in Need when, you know, I sort of went in and the telethon was, you know, struggling. You know, the format had got a bit tired, viewing figures had come down, not just of the telethon, but of, you know, single viewing generally. So one of my missions was to broaden the fundraising base. And one of the first things that we tried was Children in Need special at the Royal Albert Hall, which Gary Barlow led and basically got all his mates along. Wow. Uh, And then we did another concert and dinner up in Manchester, which again, he did a sort of private gig, got all his mates along and, uh, you know, was probably personally responsible for five million quid. Well... Well done, Gary. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely man. Would you like a pair of tickets to the premiere? I would. Thank Get you very done. much. All right. You're on the list. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, that's often And I will know up. all of the words to yeah, all of, of the songs. Of course you will. I won't know many. I'm a Slayer fan. Um, but nonetheless. <laughs> so I used to have uh, Metal Hammer. I know. I know. And Classic Rock, which is the best magazine in the world of all time ever. Yeah, so I once did a... <laughs> yeah. No, the reason that I'm, I'm sighing heavily is I used to love the Metal Hammer boys. You know, they all looked like you would cross the road to avoid them, you know, long hair, tattoos, yep. whatever. But, um, you know, you'd go into the offices and they'd be talking about which conditioner they used and, <laughs> uh, you know, how they kept their hair soft. And they were just lovely, lovely people. And I, but, I, but I remember doing a... Um, uh, a live event um, in actually in collaboration with a lovely man called Simon Fox, who now runs Freeze. Um, the art. Um, yes, Freeze. the art show. But he was at the time HMV and they were doing live entertainment or whatever. And we did a, a joint event that was Metal Hammer and Classic Rock combined. Goosebumps. And it was, <laughs> well... I have to say, the sort of two fans it were a bit like fan bases were a bit like oil and water. Yeah, indeed. And there's an age divide there yeah, as well. Yeah, and uh, Slash was headlining the final as a crossover across both of them. And it was his fortieth birthday, and we had this sort of cake made in the shape of a top hat for him. So it was all very lovely, except that there were all sorts of problems with this event. Simon and I were in the green room, you know having a glass of wine or three. And just before Slash was due to come on stage, the council put a limit on the uh, volume that we were allowed to play at. And they all refused to go on stage. So we were trying to negotiate with the council and them, and, you know, it all all went a bit pear-shaped at the end. But, uh, yes... The good old days. The good old days. It seems like a long time ago, future, doesn't it? Uh, when did I leave? 2012, yeah, yeah. 
I actually found a quote from you um, about future publishing uh, in Press Gazette yesterday um, about the, the world still needing niche magazines. I think you said... Yeah, I, I, I would go further and say that the world has caught up on, let's not call it niche, let's call it sort of specialist, narrow and deep. So I think the content, people are crying out for communities of interest, Agreed. narrow and deep. But I think there is also a big cohort that thrives on the essence of the artefact. So you could have exactly the same content in an unlimited environment, but where you have an environment that's de facto limited by its physicality, the editor has to make a choice as to what's going to be included and the length of it. Yep. So it's a bit like phone up your mum and dad and say, guess what, I'm on the front page of The Times or there's an article about me, you know, in campaign magazine not so much when it's the online version because you have unlimited space and therefore much more content and it doesn't feel so special completely agree and when you when you print it out often online it's not an official image or not on newsprint it hasn't been sold well it and... hasn't been there is there is if you like a lack of commitment yeah it's not quite the same. I do actually. I, I, to, to be fair and to be true to myself, I, I have to say, I, I loved Metal Hammer, but my Bible was Kerrang! Every Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry. Dear I'm sorry. God. We, we won't speak to anybody from Bauer magazines. Don't worry. So one of my all-time favourites of Metal Hammer was when we did. Who were the Gimp Masks? Slipknot. Slipknot. I'm seeing them in two uh, in about six weeks' time. No. Yes. Oh my good god. <laughs> Haven't grown Where? up. Where? Uh, Download festival. Oh fabulous. I'm taking my kids. <laughs> okay. And how are you going to explain the Gimp Masks? Um, I'll leave that to their mummy to do that. Uh, yeah. Oh look, they're in dress up. Exactly. <laughs> off, off we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you take a bit of everything that you've done previously with you? So if you're bringing the music and that kind of culture from future, does that kind of come through everything else that you've done? I think we are the sum of our parts, aren't we? If you believe in lifelong learning and continuous development, you take a little bit of everything. So in Clear Channel days, in the good old days when I had a sort of access all area, you know, the whole live events from... Clear Channel from Children in Need and indeed in future and still now I'm chairman of mind and we did a brilliant George Ezra concert at the Royal Albert Hall uh, because he's very open about his mental health challenges and, and music is an important part of mental well-being and keeping us all Absolutely agree. In our best space. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's good for venting steam. It's good for pacing, uh, 180 BPM for going out for a run, whatever it might be. Slayer for any time of the day. But from a from a rock and a metal point of view, the community, as you touched on earlier on from the, the people at Metal Hammer, the community there is so strong and inclusive and embracive. It's a brilliant thing to do. So if you have an issue, then there are people. I think that, you know, increasingly our communities, plural, you know, whether it's an industry community, it's a geographical community, it's a interest group community, it's, you know, all of those overlapping into a Venn diagram of a support structure. You know, it makes you know that you are not alone, not the only one. Um, I have a work question to ask you. 
um, looking at your um, your your background and your career today, you you look you you seem to have jumped into leadership positions almost immediately. How how did that happen? Or almost immediately. Or almost imme- almost immediately. It, it it's astonishing. Well, thank you. I think I probably jumped into management very early on and grew into leadership. Um, but I, you know, I have spoken before about the fact that. Um, I joined my first board before I was 10 years old because we had a board at home. I love it. And uh, therefore, if you think that I probably joined uh, the board of an agency well before I was 30, you know, mid-20s, mid to late 20s, you know, arguably I'd been serving on boards for over over 15 years by then, so uh, maybe not immediately. I was going to say a slightly more serious answer, but actually the fact that we had a family board, which uh, I'm sort of calling it a board, but uh, it was my dad, my sister, me and the dog. Uh, The dog was the committee, I was the treasurer, my sister was the secretary, my dad was the chairman. Um, And it, uh, it started off as a forum to discuss how we were going to spend how we were going to invest our money, and we didn't have much, so it was always instead of. Um, And that taught not just resource allocation and how to make an argument and how to make choices and how to do the most good for the most people with the least cash. But it also gave us a moral compass because we talked about other stuff as well. Um, And the dynamics of that, I think, did serve me very well. I also became a junior trustee at the age of 16. So that was, if not serving on, at least observing board dynamics and remuneration issues and risk issues and audit issues and all of the other things that come up, even if I didn't particularly understand them at the time. At 16. At 16, yes. And I have I have been on the boards of charities ever since and, you know, working backwards from chairing Mind, chairing Children in Need, chairing the Groundwork Federation... I was deputy chair of arts and business. I was a trustee of, gosh, more NABs, obviously. Um, Not obviously, but, you know, industry charity. Um, Crikey Fab, physically handicapped and able-bodied, as it was at the time. I did work for loads and loads and loads. I know it's loads, and I've got a cheeky question to ask on the back of it. Does does anybody ever tell you that they're too busy to do something? (laughs) All the time, and my answer is always, if you want something done, you ask somebody busy. Because, you know, I've, I've, I'm like it myself. You know, if you're the sort of person who used to do their homework on the bus and leave everything to the last minute, <laughs> you know, that goes with you through adulthood. <laughs> Am I wearing this? <laughs> and, uh, and actually, I don't think it's a bad thing to leave stuff to the last minute because... You know, I'm projecting, but but certainly, you know, if I've got a speech to write or if I'm, you know, if I've got something to be done, I mull over it. So by the time I actually sit down to do it, I'm doing it on the bus. I've thought about it and it's much, much faster. 
Whereas if I do it quickly, as soon as it needs doing, I'll go back and edit or I'll go back and play with it or I'll go back and tweak. So I don't think that's a bad thing. But coming back to the original premise, you know, we all have to make choices of how we spend our time and how we balance looking after ourselves, fun, family, community, paying back, earning a living, staying well, all of that stuff. And, you know, there are always, it's always interesting to say, well, what don't you do? Well, I'm not, you know, studying for a, an MA in fine art. I don't read the FT from cover to cover. I cherry pick. Um, I don't play golf. Um, you know, there's lots and lots of things that I don't do that we don't do. But do you want to do those things? Or have you, have you filled your life with the things that you're, you're happy with doing and content and fulfilled? And uh, Content is a word that I try to embrace because I think it's a much better word than happy. Um, I think contentment is almost a state of being at ease in your skin being at ease with what you're doing, how you're doing it, who you're doing it with. And, you know, there are always choices we make. And I, I very recently, we were talking on the way in about the job. This is not the job I'm talking about. But I was, uh, I was offered a job uh, that I turned down. And maybe it's the privileged position, but I now have a very strict rule that any work that I do has to tick two out of three boxes. So, you know, incredibly lucrative, do good for public benefit and or fun, interesting, lovely people type vibe. Yep. Um, but I won't anymore do one of the three. It's got to be two of the three. So do good, yes, but not with people that I loathe. Um, totally uh, fair and you know do something that is financially rewarding but not if it's not fun interesting and or changing the world for the better I I would imagine that those were criteria that you set yourself fairly early I wish that I could say that were the case Uh, I think I probably set that as an agenda when I had a job um, and you can probably look it up on LinkedIn or something to know what it is, but I I, I worked for a company for a couple of years um, run by, I was going to say a liar, but more a fantasist than a liar, and I vowed that I would never again work with or for people that I didn't respect and trust and like and like. Mm. Because I think we spend so much of our time at work and for we privileged people for whom there isn't a works over there and life's over there and never the twain shall meet. We don't clock off at five o'clock. Our social lives are mixed up. And, you know, whether you call it work-life blend, uh, it, it sort of doesn't matter, but we spend so much time at work and doing work and our friendship circle is, if not dominated by, at least filled with lovely people that we've met through the work that we do. And so it's really important. 
Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So I'm in startup mode at the minute, and we have to be very very fast in making decisions. So everything is left to the last minute to do. Um, but what I have noticed is that over in, in doing this, that we can have really quick, punchy conversations that are not argumentative. It's just that this is what I need it to look like. Are you able to do it? It's fine if it's a no. It's great if it's a yes. Mm. And you move on really quickly. But you've got you know, 25 years of trading with people to be able to get to that point. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I think I would make two observations of that. The first is... You know, yes, no, brilliant, binary. What really messes up the timing is maybe. <laughs> it does. You know, and, and I always say when I'm, I'm looking for a decision, you know, in order, I would like yes, no, maybe. Because maybe is the one that... Uh, and it's the maybes that you get, or you know, no, yes, maybe. No, I would <laughs> rather have yes. Almost invariably, if I am, if I am seeking a yes... Uh, I would rather have a yes. Um, but the but the maybes, so certain cultures like, you know, American and uh, Japanese, uh, and I don't mean this in any way other than a sort of shorthand of a stereotype, but there are certain cultures where, you know, they say maybe because they think that that's better than saying no. Uh, and right, they enjoy exactly. the, and then the conversation. And you're left on the hook for a while. Yeah, yeah, and you're sort of trying to win something that is unwinnable. So the first thing I'd say is the sort of binary, um, uh, the advantage of that yes, no, is that you don't have the maybe. Yes, I agree. Uh, which is, is never a good, uh, which is rarely a good outcome. Uh, and I think that the, the 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 salesmanship and negotiation that comes from your twenty twenty five years of of building trust 
you know, is paying it forward. Yeah, I agree. It's paying it forward for now. So good luck with your well, thank start-up. You. Thank you. I was, I was, well, it leads me into how do we get you involved with in it? Uh... <laughs> well, I did my time in, uh, uh, in the fashion business direct um, when I was uh, uh, briefly uh, put in as CEO of a company called Lux Up. And uh, apart from being the only woman there who ever ate anything... Uh, or indeed, I think, didn't have her feet Botox, so she could wear... Feet Botox? Yeah. Is, is that a thing? Yeah, you have your balls of your feet Botox, so you can wear vertiginous heels without it burning the balls of your feet. Uh, oh, OK. Who knew? <laughs> well, Who I knew? certainly didn't. Yes. Uh, but the sort of glamour of the fro uh, is is quite fun. I just I never thought that that was a thing. Um... There you, there you go. go. You learn so much. Indeed. You learn so much. <laughs> You've actually mentioned a couple of times about paying it forward and um, you, you have been described by a couple of people rather lovely as the champion of those less fortunate than yourself. And as you said, the, you joined a, uh, a board, very young, and, and uh, not-for-profit from 16 onwards. That's clearly something that's in your DNA. Yes, I think those of us who are privileged to have a voice have a responsibility to use it on behalf of people who don't have a voice or who have less of a voice. But if you genuinely believe in everybody having equality of opportunity, at least, you know, there's a lot that still needs fixing. And without going into tear-jerking, having come from single-parent family, father, very little money, a clerk on the railways working part-time so that he could be a parent. You know, money was always scarce. Uh, it didn't feel like that because the peer group, the geographic peer group, was all the same. Uh, we didn't have the pressures of social media or, you know, 20,000 channels uh, to build up an expectation that we were somehow deprived. But I am particularly aware of equalising the playing field through education, through a universal safety net, by which I mean not just a social security, old-fashioned word, a safety net, but, you know, universal healthcare provision that is of equality, education, preferably free education that is of equality, housing that is of equality, uh, a recognition that... Those who can't work should be supported. A recognition that we are a global family, not just a local family. So, yeah, I do believe in it. So I, I said at the very beginning that, you know, I, I can't think of anybody who embodies doing the right thing more than you do with what you do for everybody out there. So firstly, thank you for that. But this podcast is called Let's Do the Right Thing. And the idea behind it is to to give confidence and guidance potentially to, to people who may be stepping out of their comfort zone and going out on their own. Is there a special piece of advice that you've had or heard or give to anybody who's in that position where they're just thinking about taking the world on? So the first thing I would say is well done and congratulations. Because I think it takes... A special person, even if you're responding, reacting rather than proacting, because an awful lot of entrepreneurs who step out, step out because they feel as though they have no other choice. 
and and that's not a criticism. You know, that's why Richard Branson started. Yeah. Um, so I think that people deserve our congratulations and good luck and go for it. I think the second thing I would say is that you don't know till you've tried and there is a first time for everything. And, you know, just because you haven't done something doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you haven't done it yet. Yep. So if you have the attitude of a bit like, you know, when people ask me if I can scuba dive, I go, I don't say no. Not yet. I say, I don't know because I haven't yet, but I'm a really strong swimmer. I can equalise by holding my nose and blowing out. I'm not scared to be underwater. So the answer is probably yes. So let's let's give it a try. Yep. And I think if you believe in skills transference and uh, you believe in lifelong learning uh, and you believe in, if I don't know something, I know a man who can, not necessarily Google, but mm. being able to pick up the phone to somebody, um, you know, why not? Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Love it. And congratulations. <laughs> yeah, lifelong learning. It's um, the, and I, I'm totally with you on that lifelong learning. It's, it's essential to be moving all of the time. But I only really discovered that about 10 years ago. Well, no, you didn't. I, I dispute that because I think that if you are, uh, you know, it's the sort of classic, how many years experience have you got? So you say 20 years experience. Now, that could be one year experience repeated 20 times and your learning curve would be flat. But if you keep moving, if you keep doing new things, if you keep taking on new assi assignments, if the answer is yes, now what's the question? If you leap out of your comfort zone, your learning curve is exponentially greater and your accumulated wisdom both from failure and success, and often more so from failure. Because if you fail and learn, it's not a failure, it's a training course. You learn every day. I feel great listening to you. Thank you. This is like a therapy <laughs> session, is, isn't this it? Is, this is awesome. Let's go this and have a cuddle. This is therapy session. <laughs> it is. And actually, it, it, it is. I wish I'd have spoken to you years ago when, when I did go out into the world on my own. But, uh, but I'm delighted that I'm speaking to you today. Thank you. Better late than never. Oh, it's awesome. Better late than never. It's joy. You're, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street Creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. -on -one. 
Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new. Just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. Head to go.acast.com closer to get started.